Hey, seasoned mamas, this is Deb Burma, and we're here together, seasoned mamas, today to talk to you during this most wonderful time of the year, as so many people call it. Yes, it's time to prepare for Christmas. Tis the season, right? Advent season, actually. And as we meet you right here in the middle of this, maybe you are making frantic preparations for Christmas. That's, I mean, you know, the, the season, the reason, and even the meaning of Advent is all about preparing. It really means coming. Well, what's coming down the pike for you, mamas? I know that if I'm honest, as I think about what the season of Advent has so many years looked like for me, I might be able to sum it up in a few words. And I, I don't know, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that one word that comes to mind is stressful. Did I just admit that? Stressful, the most wonderful time of the year. Because, mamas, it's a flurry of activities. There are pressing commitments, a to-do list that just keeps getting longer every year. Recently, I've I've had a few people even comment to me with a heavy sigh, mind you, of, yeah, tis the season. And they don't go on to sing, to be jolly, right? Oh, to be extra busy, hurried, stressed. Yep, tis the season. So fellow mamas, you know, I'm, I just have to say, as, as a Christian, as a Christian mama, I know that I want to focus on the best parts of my preparations for Christmas. I think we all do, right? I mean, after all, as I just said, it's called the season of preparation and Christ is coming. How exciting is that? And I want to honor every tradition, right? Um, you and I, we may pull out all of our favorite sacred Christmas music and sing along from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, to Joy to the World. We string up the lights, we decorate our trees, we put up the nativity set, we display the advent wreath, we give to charitable causes, we attend concerts and programs. Am, am I getting you tired or stressed yet? Oh, wait, we wrap meaningful gifts. We write heartfelt letters. We bake Christmas cookies. <sighs> and all in the name of preparing to celebrate our Savior's birth. After all, right, mamas, we know that Jesus is the reason for the season. Maybe I'm being a little overly dramatic, a little silly, but it's true. So what do I do? I, I add one more thing because I get so excited, right? And then I add one more thing and then I commit to one more thing. And I can't say no to this thing. And <gasps> my continually growing to-do list sits there on top of my normally full schedule, right? Can you relate to that? You know, that schedule that didn't just stop because it's December? <sighs> All of this in an attempt to have what I tell myself will be the perfect Christmas. But have I instead created just a, a busy season with added stress, hurry, frenzy, and you know what? Even guilt. Even guilt if I don't somehow do it all. Well, if you weren't stressed out, and I just kind of took you there, <laughs> sorry about that. But, you know, if you're like me and you often find yourself stressed at the start of or smack dab in the middle of this special season, I'd like you today 
to please receive from us a heaping helping of grace. A heaping helping right here, mamas, as you listen today. Jesus, the one who came to you, who came to me, and he did that as a tiny babe in a manger over 2,000 years ago. He came to save us. And yes, by his grace, he comes to you and me today. We know as believers that he lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And he is right now, Mama, strengthening you and enabling you to live out these busy days with priority in your preparations. Providing you with forgiveness when you've maybe overchosen with wisdom for good choices, for your commitments, for, for our yeses and our noes. As we witness to our children and to others the reason we celebrate the season, right? Well, maybe you need to hear someone remind you that more isn't better. I know I've needed to hear that so often. You know, more activities, more decorations, even more presents for the kids. Often more is just more. And more might mean more stress than anything. So as you consider traditions that you want to create or continue, and maybe those you realize are causing more stressing than blessing, can I just tell you today that it's okay, mama? I mean, sometimes when possible in those situations, you can let go of some. Don't try to do it all. And I know I've needed to hear this too. Don't feel that you have to succumb to the culture's latest trend or craze regarding everything you may have been led to think that your child needs for it to truly be a successful or memorable Christmas. You know, the things that it seems that everyone else is doing or getting, like daily surprises or just the right gifts, the nonstop magical moments. Oh, mamas, what a stressor just to keep up with it all. Well, as some of you who've listened to some of our episodes before know that my children are young adults now. And when we gather together and reminisce, especially during the Christmas season, the Advent season leading into Christmas, these children of mine share a lot of Christmas stories and memories. It is a blast. But you know, the stories are rarely about those peripheral things or even past presents they received. More often than not, they are about the family time, the memories made, like quiet devotions that we read and shared in the dark with only the lights of the tree or a candle lit in the Advent wreath. Worshiping Christmas Eve by candlelight. Memories they share about small things that became unexpected traditions, like one of my sons hiding the three wise men ornaments within the tree every year hiding them so hard that the other family members were challenged to find them by epiphany. Even taking turns using the mom's new fancy candle snuffer at the end of evening devotions. Or this one that I want to just take a few more minutes to tell you about. And it involved six special Christmas cookie cutters, three small children, and one blessed mama. Okay, along with some teaspoons, some cups, some sprinkles of other ingredients too. But this combination would create an annual tradition that tells the story of our Savior's birth. 
so as soon as our children were old enough to um, kind of help, right, <laughs> help with the Christmas baking, we began what became our annual family tradition, making, baking, frosting, decorating, and even giving away our Christmas cutout sugar cookies. And that doesn't sound like anything unusual, right? It was something I'd always wanted to do. And we were given a special set of cookie cutters, that is. Uh, from those early years and moving forward, we used that time to talk about the reason for those cookie cutter shapes. And in later years, we'd get the same set out. We knew as we reminisced and reminded one another as we giggled and we became clobbered in flour and sticky dough and frosting. My children would call out which shapes they wanted to take hold of that year before we would begin. And so became the chorus of, I get the sheep and the star this year, or ooh, ooh, I want the tree and the gingerbread man, or well, well, then I get the angel and the camel. Well, if these don't sound like your average cookie cutters, yeah, not, not every set contains these, but such was our set. And you know what? Through our cookie cutters, we created simple sheep, sheep who witnessed Jesus' birth, angels who sang praises to God, announcing that a savior had been born, stars that lit the night sky, and the star that led the wise men <clears throat> upon their camels, by the way. Yes, they loved the camel cookie cutter <laughs> in order to find and worship the Christ child. The child, the one who would live a perfect life and die a sacrificial death upon a tree, the cross for you and me, rising again to beat sin, death and the devil. Good news of great joy, as the angel said, that would be for all the people. Yep, our sixth and final cookie cutter was the gingerbread man and we let him represent all the people <laughs> people who receive new life in jesus by faith well mamas christmas preparations have changed in my house over the years and and my kids have grown as you know and now they travel from near and quite far in order to celebrate together they're not always able to help with the preparations and yes some of our traditions have changed but now they each own a Christmas cookie kit too, something I gave to each of them at their wedding showers. And sometimes they even send me photos as they carry on traditions. It's continued to be a blessing. Maybe the idea of cutting and baking and frosting sugar cookies as a, as a group in your family sounds more stressful than blessful. But you will find your traditions that serve your family in a way that you carry on a Christmas tradition. Ours blessed us. But I just want to wrap up my time with you to tell you that in another sense, I've taken that phrase to remind me that there's no such thing as a cookie cutter Christmas, meaning there's no one or six molds or shapes that our preparations have to take that have to look like anyone else's as we each prepare this Advent season, every Advent season to celebrate Christ. Every year I receive reminders that, you know what, whether this gets done or I do that, whether the cookies get cut or sprinkled or not, Jesus still comes. Whether we check the list of every tradition or not, the babe in the manger is still going to be worshipped 
And whether our Christmas takes on the shape of any other families or not, no matter, because the one who saves us has come. He came to us, God in the flesh, the promised Messiah. And he's here with you and me today. Emmanuel, God with us. So may you this year receive less stress and more blessing. <laughs> uh, or see the blessing, the mess of the stress. Hmm. Fellow mamas, Lindsay and Faith and Michelle, I'd love to hear a good word from each of you to our fellow seasoned mamas who are tuning in today about your Advent traditions, about the ways that your family celebrates the blessings over the stressings, if I might say. This is this is Lindsay. And thank you, Deb, so much for sharing. I am trying to think of another way that I can rhyme with stress, bless, or mess. And I'm not quite sure that anything is coming to me. Um, no. And I'm really good at rhyming normally. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing um, about the way that you guys have found ways to not only remember Jesus, but to have fun. Because I think that sometimes that's what we lose sight of as we get stressed over traditions. And um, I know that we had a poll, right, with our seasoned mamas and, and through our social media channels asking what you guys wanted a Christmas episode to be about. And we had many of you who voted for Christmas and Advent traditions. So that is why we are doing this. And um, I got a little stressed about your vote. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, I didn't feel blessed. I felt a little stressed because to be honest, my traditions are a little bit messed up from having, you know, several young kids and traveling and COVID. It doesn't feel like I necessarily have a very clear rhythm. And to be honest, um, since uh, leaving Southern California, where our last church home was, um, it's been a little hard to figure out what our traditions are because, well, we had a baby and then we had COVID and then, you know, people are going and changing our plans. There's certain things that we did every year and now the churches that hosted aren't doing those things. It can be easy for us to become a little controlling over what our Christmas looks like, right? We can become either, you know, the person who gets a little caught up with the culture's Christmas, right? With uh, maybe the charcuterie board. That's a thing now. We got to make this charcuterie board that is in the shape of a reindeer because who knew that you could make reindeer out of meat? And now we've got to, you know, deck the heck out of the halls. And um, I don't know about you guys, but in my court, there's inflatable snowmen and all kinds of stuff. And uh, so I do think, as I think about the traditions of culture of our culture's Christmas and the expectations that come with it, I think as I reflect that your heart was more, how do we get back to what it's really about? And how do we remember that together as a family? And how do we embrace those rhythms in our lives so that our Christmas doesn't get hijacked by the culture's expectations and pressure? So the one thing that I have, and I'm, I'm a little excited because I do get to make a plug for Concordia Publishing House, uh, CPH, uh, because they put this book out and it was given to us as a gift uh, the year that my son was born. So that was, he's four now. And uh, a, a dear friend gave it to us. 
and it's called The Night Before Christmas. And so just to read one little line for you guys to just uh, maybe get you a little excited about it. Let's see if you can hear me. I'm flipping the pages. Okay. Twas the night before Jesus, when all through the earth, every creature was stirring for a new baby's birth. The people were looking straight up and then down to the left and the right, both in country and town. So for me, I mean, this is tiny. This is a tiny tradition that we do on Christmas Eve with all the lights up after we finished our dinner. We're all in our jammies ready for bed. We read this book and it's small, but it's memorable. And I think that's one thing that we can remember as we get into these rhythms of, of Advent in, and, and anticipating the coming of Jesus is the small memorable things that we can do, even if it's, you know, lighting a candle or if it's singing uh, a different Christmas song before bed or, you know, getting wrapped up and reading a favorite story that reminds us of Jesus and what Christmas is all about. So that's my invitation as you guys um, have expressed your desire to get back into those Advent traditions or to hear what other people are doing, remembering that it doesn't have to be big because to be honest, I've bought the Christmas devotions. I've bought the kits that I'm supposed to do to remember Jesus during Christmas. And that can kind of get the same overwhelm that we can go with the culture's Christmas. We can feel like there's pressure to do that too. And that can steal our joy in the opposite way. Um, and the one other thing I want to touch on is that our church has these beautiful rhythms that we can get be part of. We can go to our Advent services. We always do a soup supper, and my kids enjoy coming and gathering with other people at church. Um, so if you haven't had a chance, maybe you have young babies, maybe you're at a new church, plugging into whatever the natural rhythms of your church is can be a really great way to build those traditions. And they might change. We can't rely on them to be the exact same every year. But the expectation of coming together as, as God's people is, is something we can do every year. So thank you, Deb, for sharing. Thanks for letting me uh, go off a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to hear what the other women are going to share as far as their Christmas traditions as they anticipate Jesus's birth. Hey, mamas, this is Faith. And first, Deb, thank you so much for just that reminder of cookie cutter Christmas. Just thank you for that. And so my story and tradition is one that we just started um, a year ago or so. Um, you know, everyone does Elf on the Shelf and it's all these elaborate things. And I always feel like I'm not doing enough like it is and so I wanted to do something like that but I also wanted it to be about Jesus and so Concordia Publishing actually has or they did last year anyway hopefully they have it this year I'm not sure but they had um the wise men as Legos and the wise men could travel around your home um in coming to Jesus' birth, right? And coming to the stable. And so for us with our toddlers, it's just a very fun activity where I don't feel pressured to like do the elaborate colored spaghetti and different things. But instead, we just 
play with the wise men, and sometimes they move in the house and sometimes they don't. But they're on our mantle or they're on the coffee table, and we're just playing with them and we're talking about the wise men traveling, and it gets us organically just talking about the Christmas story. And it's just been a really cool tradition that we have started where I still feel the pressure to do all the things, but I do feel like I'm doing something fun and special uh, for the Advent season that is kind of playful. Um, And so it's just been a really, really fun thing. We just actually got them out the other day and my kids sat and put the Lego little people together and then they like walked the camel. It was super, super cute, but we were able to talk about the Christmas story. And so um, that's just a tradition we have started recently that I can see us progressing and keeping with us. Hello, dear mamas. This is Michelle, and I thought I would share with you a couple of things that we have done in years past, and they continue to this very day. And so as I was thinking about what I would say today, I would tell you that probably what you start with your children when they are little, it'll probably continue on through adulthood with them. And so when our boys were little, we had a felt nativity advent calendar and they were like the perfect pieces for little fingers and they had the velcro and all of that and so we would always hang it up at their level and it's you've probably seen them you can look them up on amazon and different places but it was basically it started december 1st and so something was hung on this advent calendar picture type thing each day And so our boys, when they were little, they would race to get up in the morning because whoever got there first would be the one who got to hang the Advent uh, little character thing for that day. So what we realized was that we kind of had to take turns, but they were pretty good at going back and forth. And so whatever pieces were up on the calendar, they could play with and and rearrange and, and that sort of thing. But it was always at their eye level. And so they would have a lot of fun with that. And of course, they anxiously awaited being able to place the baby Jesus on Christmas. And so that was one of the things that we did with them when our boys were little. And to this very day, we also have that. And I will come back to that nativity calendar um, after I finish telling you the other thing that we would do. The other thing that we received when the boys were little was the little people's nativity set. And so the boys would set that up under our Christmas tree every year when they were little and they would kneel beside it and they would sing a silent night and they would sing away in the manger or whatever song they were going to be singing or songs they were going to be singing uh, for the Christmas program. And so, but they, it was just perfect for their little hands in being able to play with. And of course, you know, it's, what's nice about it is that it's not breakable and it's made for little kids. And so that's what I really liked about the nativity, little people's nativity set. It was a hands-on thing for little kids to do. And both of those things to this very day Our boys are almost 19 and the other one is 22. 
they still set those things up. Now, they don't kneel before the Christmas tree and sing the songs anymore or that kind of thing, but they always have them set up. And so this year, as they were getting things out, they were home over Thanksgiving and they helped me decorate. They said, well, do you really want us to set up the nativity calendar since we're not going to be here? And I thought about it for a little bit and I was tempted to say, yeah, let's just put it away. But I didn't want to do that. And so we hung it up. And so my plan is that I will take care of putting the pieces out each day. And when I do that, I will be praying for my adult children. And especially for them during this time, it's going to be during finals time for them. They're getting ready for, you know, all of their end of semester tests and projects and stuff like that. And so I thought it would be a way for me to stay connected with them. The other thing that we're probably also going to do is their school puts out an Advent book and we'll be reading that and then maybe sharing thoughts with them as they are able. I don't want to put any extra stress on them because I know they're going to have a lot on their plates with finals coming up. And uh, so that's something a little different. It's, it looks different when you don't have little children in your, in your homes, but I still wanted to honor the memory of all the things that we had done with them in the past. And so, dear mamas, whether you have littles or you are, have adult children or teenagers or maybe you are grandparents, know that we are praying for you during this Advent season. It's never too early or too late to start a new Advent tradition if you want. But the most important thing to remember is that no matter what you have time for, that the Savior comes. He comes in the middle of our messes. And I would like to close this out with prayer. Most gracious Father, in this moment, I lift up a prayer for all the mamas who are feeling overwhelmed amidst the chaos of this Advent Christmas season. Lord, you know the countless responsibilities and pressures that she faces, and you understand the weight that rests upon her shoulders. In the midst of the chaos and busyness, I pray that she finds solace in knowing that Emmanuel is with her. Remind her, Lord, that you are not a God who is distant or unfamiliar with the messiness of life. You came into this world in the humblest of circumstances, born in a stable surrounded by animals. You understand what it's like to be in the midst of chaos and discomfort. Help her to find comfort in the fact that you meet her in the midst of her stresses and messes and worries. Help her to prioritize what truly matters and to let go of the unnecessary expectations and pressures that society often places on her. Emmanuel, be with her in every moment, whether she is wrapping presents, cooking meals, or simply trying to catch her breath. May she find comfort in knowing that you are right there beside her. Surround her with your love and your peace and fill her heart with joy. Help her to experience the true joy and meaning of this Advent Christmas season. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.